Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. We're in a series titled Gatekeeper, and we are having a blast in this series, and uh, today is going to be a really, really important and really, really good message. You know, when I started Believer's Church, I was so nervous on Wednesdays when I did taught on Wednesday nights and then on Sundays when I taught on Sunday mornings that for the first year that we were a church, I had diarrhea every Wednesday <laughs> and every Sunday. That's how nervous I was. Can you imagine? And it never ended. Every Sunday I had to preach. Every Wednesday I had to preach. And after about a year, it just stopped. And I was okay. I got used to it. But I had something else that kept going on. This also just tormented me for the first couple years that I pastored believers. And that was after service on Wednesday nights and after service on Sundays, I would leave and I would be bombarded with these negative thoughts that I did a terrible job. All kinds of insecure thoughts. You know, uh, they didn't like it. You didn't make sense. They didn't like the clothes you were wearing. Whatever it is, man, you offended people. And I would go home just being tormented with these thoughts. And then you go to bed and they're tormenting you. You wake up. It's always a little better in the morning because, you know, you slept on it. But it still would hit me the next day, whether Thursday or Monday. And I put up with that not only for a year, but it went into the second year. And then I learned what I'm going to teach you today. I learned what I titled this message. I titled this message, Control. And you and I have the ability to literally control our thoughts. We can control our thoughts. And I had to learn that. It's an incredible thing to know. Many of you know it. I'm going to encourage you to keep doing it and go further in it. Some of you are going to learn this for the first time. And it's amazing what can go on up here, isn't it? Amazing how crazy uh, our thoughts can be. And I thought this stat was absolutely amazing. Uh, our daily thoughts. Um, do you know that the average person has 45,000 thoughts per day? And 75,000 of them are negative? That's crazy. A negative thought could be any kind of thought. Insecurity, like I talked about, fearful, anger, hatred, um, sinful, can be anything. That's a lot of negative thoughts. It, it actually is 34,000 negative thoughts per day that the average person has. And that can go on up here. And my heart is that all of us in this place learn that those negative thoughts can not only be controlled, they can be thrown out of our heads and we can come to a place to where we live in peace. Not that we might not have random thoughts come at us at different times, but we can control any thought that comes at us. And that's what the Bible teaches us. That's what this series is all about. Here's our theme scripture, Proverbs 4.23. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Remember, your heart is your inner man. We talked about it each week. That's the real you, your spirit man. When you and I accept Christ, that part of us is recreated. That's pretty cool. And we're recreated in the image and likeness of God. We're not part of the Godhead, but we are created with his character and with his nature. That is absolutely cool. That's your heart. And then attached to your spirit is your soul. That's your mind, your will, your emotions. The Bible says the two of them are so closely connected that only Jesus can divide them. Jesus can. Sometimes you and I aren't sure where some things are coming from. And your soul is the mind. 
the will and the emotions. And our mind, when we accepted Christ, nothing happened to it. We're called to renew it, but it is not redeemed. Our spirits are, but our minds, they are a battle zone in every single one of our lives. And that's really, really important for you and I to understand. As the gatekeeper, how do things get into our heart? Our eyes, our ears, and what we think on. So the mind is really important. Take a look at this. This is the fourth most secure place on the planet. It's Area 51. And uh, Area 51 is absolutely famous uh, through sci-fi movies and sci-fi shows and conspiracy theories. There's alien spacecrafts there. There's aliens there that our government is hiding from us. But in reality, Area 51 is a detachment of Edwards Air Force Base in southern Nevada. It's also called Groom Lake. And you know what they do at Area 51? They develop top-secret Air Force military planes and weapons. And that's what's happening there. And because of it, our government makes this a really, really secure location. They say that there's sensors on every part of the ground, even in the lake, and the lightest thing that touches those sensors will cause the alarms to go off, cameras are everywhere, guns are ready to shoot anybody that trespasses. But here's what's really amazing about Area 51. The airspace above it is restricted, and no plane of any sort can fly into that airspace unless it's authorized. Private planes, commercial planes, and military planes will be shot down if they fly into that airspace without authorization. And it's true, even military planes, they have to be authorized. If they try to get into that airspace and they're not authorized, they're shot down. Now, I think you and I have to look at our minds and make a decision. We're going to be like Area 51. This is restricted airspace. And anything that tries to come in here that doesn't belong here, we're going to cast it out. We're going to throw it out. And God has equipped us to be able to do that very thing. Here's what I want you to walk away today uh, remembering if you don't control, cr control your thoughts, they will control you. And how many of us can agree that that's absolutely 100% true? If we don't control these thoughts, man, we end up doing things that shock us. And if you let something live in your mind, that baby will grow inside you and it will become part of you. And that's really important for you and I to understand. When my kids were young, they all went on missions trips. When Joe and Dave went on missions trips, I, I prayed for them before they left and let them go. When my first daughter and then my second daughter, Deanna, when they said they were going on missions trips, I felt called of God to be a chaperone. I just, <laughs> this is before taken, but I still did not want my kids out of the country and I didn't have a certain set of skills anyway, so I thought I need to be there with them and keep an eye on them. So Michelle went first and she went to Peru. So Gina's prepping me and one of the things she prepped me with was don't eat anything off a street vendor. Uh, I, don't, I don't want you getting sick. And I'm like, okay, honey, I won't. And you guys know how good I am obeying rules and signs. So, so <laughs> Michelle goes down. We had a great trip, but we would have these really long days from sunrise to sunset. We're out on the streets. We're going from one location to another. And you, you would become hungry. And I'm, I was trying to eat healthy at the time. So I saw these street vendors that had fresh carrots and cucumbers, and I bought a bunch of them, and I'd have them in my backpack, and my daughter's like, Dad, Mom told you, Mom told you not to eat those. They washed those with Peruvian water. I said, no, I wiped them off. We'll be fine. We'll be fine, and I'm eating carrots, and I'm eating cucumbers, and guess what? 
I went through that trip fine. And I came home, and Gina's like upset. She said, you probably bought, brought some parasites back with you. You probably have parasites in your body. And I said, you know, I could use a tapeworm. That would make losing <laughs> weight a lot easier. I said, that might be a good idea for a short season. And, uh, and, and, and she said, I can't believe you do these things. So then Deanna goes next. And, and, and Gina warns me, don't eat anything off the streets. I said, I won't, I won't, I won't. Okay, and then Deanna's commissioned to keep an eye on me. Well, we're flying from Houston into Peru, into Lima, and Deanna, she gets Montezuma's revenge just when we're landing, and she is as sick as I had ever seen her sick, and she was sick the next, next day, so um, we met, all of us met, and we had breakfast. Deanna's in her bedroom sick, and I told, I told the guys, I'll stay here with Deanna. I, I'll keep an eye on my daughter. And they went out. Well, we're in this place, this, this apartment-type place. They, they left us no food. And I'm going to be there till like 8 at night. And noon, I'm hungry. And I thought, I'll, I'll just wait. There's nothing here. But at 1 o'clock, I, I couldn't wait anymore. I know, I know what, what happened to Esau when he sold his birthright for some oatmeal. I mean, like, I'm like, I, I got to eat something. And, and so, and so um, I see a street vendor, and Deanna's sleeping. I thought, I'm going to go buy some. So they're selling sandwiches. So I bought two sandwiches. And I think, I, I'm trying to remember, but I think I remember correctly. One was a chicken salad, which had some mayo in it. Probably not good off a street vendor with no refrigeration. But I went ahead and bought two, and then I bought some chips, probably the safest thing I bought. And I went back and I ate them. Deanna gets up, and she's so mad. Dad, you promised Mom there could be all kinds of stuff in it. I said, honey, I was starving. I had to eat. I had to eat. So guess what? By the end of that day, I was sicker than Deanna. And I was sick for three, four days, sick as could be. And I thought, I wish I would have listened to Gina and not ate this. But listen very carefully. If you put the wrong thing in your stomach, it will impact your life in a negative way. And I want you to just walk out of here remembering, if you put the wrong thing in your head and you allow the wrong thing to be in your head, it will impact you the same way. Not exactly the same, but it will impact you in a very negative way. I want you to understand that this is really important. And if you think on the wrong thing, it's going to control you. So I think in order to control our thoughts, we have to know where they come from. So let's talk about where our thoughts come from because that's really, really important. And uh, the first place is our mind. Did you know your mind was not redeemed when you accepted Christ? And it can think the craziest thoughts in all the world. And it's not you. You didn't sin when you thought the thought. That's important to know. But a short while ago, I don't know, five, six weeks ago, I don't know when it was, not long ago, I was in the lobby. I was talking to this guy I really like. I really like him. I love hanging out and talking to him. And every time I talk to him, I enjoy it. And as I'm standing there talking to him, I had the thought of just punching him in the face. <laughs> and I'm like, where did that come from? I like him. But that thought hit my mind. Just, I saw myself just punching him. And I thought, Lord. Now, here's why I share the story, guys. Your mind can have the craziest thoughts because it's not, it's not made new. And those thoughts will be absolutely crazy. And you are the gatekeeper. So, you know, I knew that's crazy, and I just threw it out. And I thought, that's really crazy. I would never. I like this person. I would never hit this person. Well, listen, the thoughts that hit your mind can be random. And random's like that thought I had in the lobby. Random's just like it comes out of nowhere. Where did that come from? That's, 
absolutely crazy. And here I am minding my business, and that thought hits me. And, and I think that thought, it could be you know, any kind of thought whatsoever, a, a, a sinful thought or just a crazy thought or a fearful thought, any kind of thought. They're just random. Your mind will do that. And then uh, it can be the result of an event or atmosphere uh, we've experienced. That's why last week we talked about avoiding and watch the atmosphere as you hang out in because those thoughts then will begin to be generated by your brain. And then here's, here's the uh, second area, the enemy. Uh, your enemy has the ability to insert thoughts into your head. And I don't know how he does it, but, but he's able to do it. And he's always trying to put things in our mind that keep us down, that back us up, that make us feel inferior. And he's constantly doing that to every Christian. He is the accuser of the Christians. And he's constantly trying to put thoughts in your mind to tell you you can't, to tell you you're not good enough. I think about my first year of preaching, if I would have said, you know what, I can't do this, I, I'm a nervous wreck, and I would have stopped, I would have never had 31 years of preaching and teaching and, and helping people. He would have kept me out of it. And he tries to do that with every one of us. He tries to make us think we can't. He tries to make us think we're not good enough. And I want you to know, some thoughts will come from him. And then there's this place, this good place they come from. They can come from God. And it's pretty cool when God puts thoughts in our mind. We always know when it's God. I love this quote. You guys ready? Sometimes your head can think thoughts that your heart resents. And that's what happened with the thought in the lobby. That's what happens with all kinds of thoughts. But here's what I noticed. If you don't know that your mind can come up with terrible thoughts and it's not you, it's your mind, the real you, your spirit, just resents it. It resents it. And if you don't know that, you'll think it's you. And if you think it's you, you won't fight it. And I want you to understand, the real you, it doesn't have thoughts like that. Your spirit man, if you accepted Christ, is holy and blameless. It thinks like God. It loves God. And those thoughts in your mind, they can be so crazy, but it's not you that's having those thoughts. And if we don't deal with them, they'll ruin our lives. And that's why, that's why I'm teaching this today. Take a look at this apple. Um, this apple uh, has a wormhole in it. And, you know, I, I, I always assumed up until recently that wormholes were a result of a worm crawling on an apple and then just eating his way in because he likes apples. And uh, so whenever I buy an apple that has a wormhole, I always cut it. And I've always looked for the worm, never found a worm yet. Um, although randomly you may, but typically you won't. Because here's what I found out. Uh, the way that wormhole gets there, a worm, and this is very random, they don't always lay their eggs on apple blossoms, but a worm will lay its egg on an apple blossom and go on its way. That apple blossom will form into an apple, and then that apple will grow, that apple will ripen, and all of a sudden it's ripe, and on the inside that worm egg hatches. And that worm wants to get out. So do you know what he does? He eats his way out of the apple. And that's how you get a wormhole in an apple. Here's what I learned about our thoughts. If we let them hatch, if we let them grow, if we let them get really big, they're going to show up in our lives just like that wormhole is showing up in that apple. And I don't want your life to have those kind of holes in it. I don't want you to have those kind of problems. And it's so cool when you understand that, yeah, we can have any kind of thought, but God gave us some weapons to deal with those thoughts. 
And I want you to listen to this scripture. Read it with me. It's 2 Corinthians. Uh, and notice how it reads. It's really a cool scripture. Chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. You know, today after service, about 1 o'clock, I'm going to go shoot guns. I have a lot of friends here at the church. We're going to just go shoot guns together. And some of my friends, I, I'm just bringing a, a nine millimeter handgun that I never get to shoot, so I'm gonna go shoot my gun. But they have all these, it's amazing, the rifles they're gonna bring. And uh, last time I went, one of my buddies opened his car and, and I had like 12 rifles that I put in my car and I said, are we allowed to do this? Are we allowed to drive with this? And we're gonna go shoot and we're gonna blow all kinds of things up, all kinds of targets on a farm. I enjoy shooting, I enjoy weapons. Weapons are fun. But you know what? None of those types of weapons will ever be help you deal with your mind. You'll never be able to deal with your mind with weapons of this earth. They, they, they just don't work. But God made weapons that we can use to deal with our minds. And these weapons are amazing. So again, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And as we read on con contextually, you find out these strongholds are in our head. It goes on and says, we demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And I love this part. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, how, how do you take thoughts captive and throw them out and tear these strongholds down? You do it with God's weapons. And the weapon you use is really cool. In Ephesians chapter 6, and we taught on the armor of God a while back, it's called the sword of the spirit, which is speaking God's word. And God's word is alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's this living, powerful substance. And when you and I speak it to negative thoughts of any kind, and we take the right knowledge, the word knowledge is gnosis, it just means Bible knowledge. And when we take Bible knowledge that we've learned and we speak it, it's amazing what happens to all kinds of thoughts and all kinds of belief systems. It's absolutely amazing. So what I want to do is I want to show you how Jesus, I want to show you how Jesus used this weapon. It's the most amazing thing. So come with me to, to Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, and it reads like this. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by, there by the devil, and for 40 days and 40 nights he fasted, and he became very hungry. Can you imagine 40 days and 40 nights? I didn't last till 1 o'clock in Peru. 40 days and 40 nights. Now, I want you to understand a couple things about this text before we go on. Um, Jesus had to do what Adam and Eve failed to do. They were tempted and they failed. They, they gave in to the temptation. They took the thought. They didn't cast it out. They didn't fight it with the sword. They took it. And so Jesus comes. He's God. He's always existed. Uh, he created everything that we can see. He's the one that created Adam and Eve. He made the world's. Now he comes inside a human body, and this human body was sinless, and, and so he's inside a sinless human body, and it was like Adam's before Adam sinned, and he had to overcome what Adam and Eve failed to do. So here's God. God, God says, devil, you think you're tough? My, my son inside this body, he'll resist. He can control his body, and he's showing us that we can control our thoughts. And so God said, I'll have Jesus fast 40 days, then you go after him. So the devil comes and he tempts them three times. We're going to just read the, the third time because they're all the same, same principles. 
And we don't know if the devil stood in front of Jesus and he saw him, or if it was just thoughts that went in his head. But either way, it's the same. Because once, if he was in front of him and he spoke, once he spoke, it was a thought in his head. It, the words are thoughts once, once somebody speaks to you. So either way, he had to fight thoughts. And so two times, Jesus used the same weapon. And now let's read the third time. And this is uh, verse 8, Matthew 4, 8. And it says, Next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Think about that. The devil was the god of this world. And, you know, many theologians think that he didn't just show him the current world, but he showed him dynasties to come, like America, you know, like England was before America. And he just showed him all these incredible dynasties. He said, I'm controlling all of this. I'm the god of this world. Jesus, you're going to go die on a cross. That's going to be really painful. And then, you know, that's what your dad wants you to do. Listen, if you just worship me, I'll give it all to you right now. Can you see? That's a temptation. And I love what Jesus did. Do you know the Bible says he was tempted in all ways as us, but he never sinned? He never sinned. That means that a thought is not a sin. He never sinned. Yet he had thoughts. He had a thought come in from the enemy that if he bowed down and worshiped the enemy, he, he, he could be over all the world the easy way. But Jesus didn't say, oh, no, I'm a terrible person. He said, that's not who I am. And, and he spoke to that thought. And I want you to see, as we read on what he did, it says in verse 10, Jesus said, get out of here, Satan, for the scripture says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. What did Jesus do? He simply spoke a scripture to him. And what did the devil do? He simply left. And when you and I have crazy thoughts, all we do is speak a word to them, a sentence to them. It could be a scripture. It could be a phrase. You know, I love what Christian psychologists do. Uh, if, if you go to a Christian psychologist and you're going there for help and you're dealing with all kinds of things in your mind, they will tell you to create self-talk. And self-talk is simply a sword, the sword of the Spirit. And they'll base it on scriptures, and they'll say, I want you to create a phrase or a sentence that when this crazy thought comes of insecurity or failure or whatever it is, I want you to speak to it. They've learned from the scriptures that you have to speak to things. You're the gatekeeper of your mind. And if you don't speak to things, they're, they're not going anywhere. They're going to hang out in your head, and they're going to crawl out, and they're going to dig their way out, and it's going to mess your life up. And you have to understand, if you don't speak to it, I can't from out here. I've done a lot of counseling, and I look at people and say, I can tell you what to do, but you're going to have to do this. And when this stuff comes at you, and you're feeling tormented and bummed out and hurt, you need to have a phrase, self-talk. You need to speak to it, and you need to tell it where to go, and it will go. The first time might be a bigger battle. The second time won't be as big. Eventually, you'll get the hang of it, and bam, you'll be able to speak to things, and they'll go really, really quick. I like to call it building spiritual muscle. And the more you do it, the bigger those muscles get, the easier it is. So I came up with scenarios, guys, um, just to help you. And this is important to say. Um, all of, everything on PowerPoint is always on our website. So what I'm about to show you next, you definitely want to go get it and, you know, cut and paste it, copy it, write it down, 
and begin to use it. So th this is a tool. I'm giving you a gift here that's absolutely amazing. If you have the BC app, uh, it's on the app. Before you come into service, all the PowerPoint's already on the app. So it's there. You can also listen to the message on the app. But I came up with scenarios and I thought, I'm going to teach them what to do. I don't want everybody walking out saying, okay, I, I feel like you told me how to ride a bike, but I, I need some training wheels first. I, I need some help. I need some mentoring, some assistance. So here we go. Here, here's the first uh, scenario. How about fearful thoughts? Has anyone ever had a fearful thought? Ooh, I've had some fearful thoughts. And, and I've really feared walking into certain atmospheres. Um, I remember when I was young, I feared the dark. I mean, I feared all kinds of things. Every one of us in here fear things. How many have ever feared the unknown? I feared the unknown. Uh, to, this week on Wednesday, I'm going to give the invocation for Warren City Schools. They're having all the employees come. I think there'll be about 700 employees. And they asked me to give the invocation, say a few words. So I have the privilege of doing that this Wednesday morning. The first time I did it in the 80s, I was so scared. I was shaking. And I looked out, and I think at that time there was over 1,000 employees and it, it was the most nerve-wracking nerve thing I've ever done. Tomorrow will be a piece of cake. But uh, it, at first it wasn't. And I had to speak to thoughts, let me tell you, of fear and just calm my mind. Anytime you go into the unknown, that's going to happen. And, and it's important for you to know that that happens. The first wedding I did in 1983, I, I, I almost hyperventilated. I almost passed out. I felt so bad. The bride and groom were such nice people. And I was standing there, and I had this look of fear. And as I read and did the wedding you have to read, I didn't know where to take a breath. I was so nervous I didn't take a breath. And I almost passed out. And they're looking at me like, are you going to pass out on our wedding? The unknown can bring all kinds of fears, guys. So here's some scriptures. You ready? Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Are, are you glad God's on your side? That's pretty good. How about one more? Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Did you know when you walked in here today, your angels came in with you? All of us have at least one guardian angel. Many of you are really bad. You have three, four. Um, I'm right there with you. We, we don't obey every sign we see. We need a lot of angels. It's you know, when you're alone, it's nice to know there's an angel there. That's pretty nice. It's nice to know wherever you go, God's with you. That's important. Jesus was so bold. And when they were ready to take him and put him into court and crucify him, he just, he just looked and said, man, I could call angel, legions of angels. I'm letting this happen because it needs to happen. Guys, I've got angels that will protect me. And so that's what we do with thoughts. So here's the self-talk. You ready? Thought, I command you to go. God and his angels are with me and protect me from all evil. I think it would do us good for this one. Can we read it together a couple times? You ready? Say this after me. Thought, I command you to go. God and his angels are with me and protect me from all evil. Say it with me one more time. Thought, I command you to go. God and his angels are with me and protect me from all evil. That gets you excited, man. You speak that to a thought, it's like, woohoo. This boy knows who he is now. And that thought has to calm down. That thought has to go. How about this? Condemning thoughts. Has anyone ever had a condemning thought? Whew. You're not good enough. You failed. You blew it. You'll never, you'll never be good enough. And all these things. So let's talk about that. Here's a cool scripture. Colossians 1.22. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. Uh, as a result... 
He has brought you into his presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. This is referring to when you accepted Christ. You know when someone accepts Christ and say, I'm, I'm going to begin to follow you. You know, we don't, we don't hear trumpets blow and bells ring. And, uh, but do you know what happens on the inside? You're born again. And that new person on the inside is holy, blameless, and without fault before God. That's pretty cool. Now, your head's going to tell you that's not true. Your head's going to tell you you're the same old person you used to be. But you're not. You're holy. You're blameless. You're without fault. That's important. So you're sitting here saying, but, but, what if I sin? What if I do something I shouldn't do? Well, God, God, God prepared a way, man. He prepared a way. Take a look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. We all, most of us know it. It says this, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And here's the part I want you to get. And to cleanse us from all wickedness. You say, I was holy and blameless and without fault, but I sinned. And God says, well, you confess your sins. I'll wash you clean again, and you'll be holy, blameless, and without fault again. Uh, any stain that came on you, I'll knock that stain right off as you just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Understand, you and I are imperfect human beings. You and I make mistakes all the time. And that's important for us to understand. And I'd like you to know this. If you're a Christian, every morning you wake up, God smiles when he sees you get out of bed. And you might think, he, no, 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 no. You don't know me. And I want to say, I know who you are in Christ. And I know God loves you. And God cares about you. And if you're sitting here saying, I can't ever imagine doing that, then this self-talk I'm about to give you, you need to say this to yourself a hundred times a day, every day of the week. L listen to this, self-talk. Thought, I command you to go. I stand before God blameless and without fault as a Christian. My sins are forgiven. Can we read this one? I think this one's good to read. Ready? Go with me. Thought, I command you to go. I stand before God blameless and without fault as a Christian. My sins are forgiven. You know what the devil likes to do? He likes to bring shame on us. He wants to shame us. He is the shamer of the Christians. And he wants you to walk around feeling shame. And God's saying, you're not perfect. None of us are perfect. But in Christ, you are perfect. How about the next one? Sinful thoughts. Um, sometimes we have crazy sinful thoughts. That doesn't mean, it doesn't even mean you're bad. A thought, Jesus was tempted with all kinds of thoughts, but he, he cast them all out. The Bible says he was tempted in all ways as of us, like we are. So what happens when a sinful thought comes at us? Don't stand there and say, oh no, I'm a bad person. No, no say that's not me. Listen to some scripture, you ready? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that means you accepted Christ as your savior. He is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Isn't that cool? We just talked about it a minute ago, but you are brand new on the inside. Your mind hasn't been renewed. You need to tell it, hey, I'm a new person. Listen to verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And when you accepted Christ, you became the righteousness of God. God sees you as righteous, as holy. He sees you as a new person. And so when you have a sinful thought come, you need to speak to it. And some of you think, well, sin's too strong. I don't have power over sin. I, I can't resist it. One more scripture, Romans 6, 11. It says, so you also should consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. You are dead to the power of sin. He's telling you in your mind, see, see it for what it is. You are dead to the power of sin. Sin has no power over you. 
You can speak to it. Ready for some self-talk? This is the sword of the Spirit. It, it just goes like this. Thought, I command you to go. I'm not a sinner. I'm dead to sin. I'm a new person in Christ. I'm holy and righteous be, by Christian birth. And you don't have to read it verbatim. You just get the principle and you start speaking to these things and they'll start going. How about this one? Hurtful thoughts. Has anyone ever been hurt? Hmm? If you walk through this earth, you're going to be hurt. Here's two cool scriptures. Mark 11:25. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. God's called us to forgive people. How about this? Luke 6, 27 and 8. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. Can we all agree that's not the first thing we want to do when we're hurt by somebody? I can tell you I, I tend to want to do the opposite. But the Bible tells us this is how we go and walk like God walks. And if you understand this, you can deal with those hurtful thoughts. So here's the self-talk. Thought, I command you to go. I choose to forgive and let go of the wrong done to me. I choose to pray for those that wrong me. And then you pray. All of us have had to do this at one time or another in our life. All of us have been hurt. And it's the most cool thing that I've learned. When I do that and say that to a thought, then I begin to pray for the person. I begin to have this love rise up in my heart for that person. It's absolutely amazing. So here's, here's one more. You ready for one more? How about thoughts of failure? Has anyone here felt like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go under, I'm going to fail, this is going to bring me to my ruin, whatever it might be. Let's talk about thoughts of failure. Listen to Psalm 91, 14 and 15. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I love this last part. I will rescue and honor them. Didn't that happen with Job? When it was all said and done, God raised him back up. He had twice as much as what, what was taken from him. And the Bible says that God honored him in front of his enemies. And God shouted to his enemies, no, I'm on his side. He walked through tough, tough times. All of us are going to walk through tough times. But failure should not be in our vocabulary. Even if we fail, God's going to lift us back up and raise us to the top. How about this one? Uh, the Apostle Paul, man, he had more trouble and more persecution than anyone on the planet. And I like what he said, 2 Timothy 4.18. He says, yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Here's a guy ready to die, a guy that had more trouble than anyone. The devil had a special messenger buffeting this guy. And when his life's all said and done, he says, guys, let me tell you something. I've been attacked in every way you can imagine, and God's come through every time. And my God will deliver me, and he'll deliver you from every evil work, and he'll restore us. And when you have that fear that comes on you in this area of failure, here's great self-talk. You ready? Thought, I will not be destroyed. My God will rescue and restore my life. He will honor me before my enemies. Now we need to say this together. Read it with me. You ready? Thought, I will not be destroyed. My God will rescue and restore my life. He will honor me before my enemies. Can we say it one more time? You ready? Ready? Thought, I will not be destroyed. My God will rescue and restore my life. He will honor me before my enemies. 
If you don't control your thoughts, they'll control you. How many of you in this room are excited that we have a weapon, that we can speak to our thoughts, we can control them? Let's give God a hand, man. Let's thank him that we, we do have it. We have it. Let's pray. Let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads, Lord. We love you, man. We're always growing. Father, even for people like me that know this, it's so good to be encouraged and reminded. Lord, thank you that you've given us a weapon to where we can take control of our mind. As we walk through this week, remind us, remind us when those thoughts come, get your weapon out, get your weapon out, get your weapon out. And Lord, I thank you for growing every single one of us in this area. I thank you that not one of us have to live in torment, not one of us have to live in fear, but that we can live in freedom and in peace in our minds. Lord, give us grace to work this weapon in our lives. If you can agree with that prayer, would you say amen? Let's stay in an attitude of prayer just a little bit longer. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Just one more. I want to pray for one more thing. If you're here and you're not sure of your forever, you know, the Bible teaches us that if we call on the name of the Lord, he'll save us. Jesus did die for our sins. He was sinless. He was the son of God. He died for us. God raised him up out of the grave. And Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I will save them. You might have came today from all kinds of different places in your life, but you're here now. You say, Pastor Joe, I believe that. I believe that he's the way. My heart's touched. God's opened my heart. I see Christ for who he is. And I want to give my heart to him and allow him to change me on the inside. If you're here and you say, that's me, would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the building, would you help them pray? Say this with me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe. I receive you as my Savior. And I make a decision today to follow you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for changing my life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.